Curious, competitive, compassionate. Salespeople are drawn to their careers in much the same way musicians are drawn to music. Once you've learned the language of sales, the beauty is in your ability to personally interpret what you've learned to suit your personality, your interest, and your skill. My name is Roger Burnett, and this is the So You're in Sales podcast, where we consider ways to grow as people as we advance in our careers and learn firsthand from those ahead of us on the path to accelerate our journey. I'm lucky to get to talk every two weeks with entrepreneurs, business owners, thought leaders, authors, and people of all walks of life, each with a unique story to share and a look at their lessons along the way. Prepare to be educated, informed, entertained, and inspired. This is the So You're in Sales podcast. The So You're in Sales podcast is sponsored by Social Good Promotions. Social Good Promotions was founded on the premise that any business can stand out from their competition when they are doing things they really believe in. True success these days is measured by the ways your employees feel about working for you and the ways your business is making the community a better place. Ultimately, it's about the ways you and your business will be remembered. If you're looking to grow your sales revenue while activating social good at the same time, we'll be your favorite marketing partner ever. Book a meeting with us at socialgoodpromotions.com, follow us on Instagram at sogoodpromo, and let's get connected. We've done great work using our unique and effective strategy, let us show you how. Now, on with the show. If you've listened to me long enough, you've heard me speak on the topic of differentiation in sales, specifically as a strategy for large accounts, enterprise businesses, and the like. We've talked to a number of different subject matter experts on this topic, and it is much the way that Social Good Promotions approaches its go-to-market strategy, even so much so that on the back of our business card, it says, connecting commerce with purpose to tell the story of your brand. And this episode is a really classic example of the ways that we, as a marketing medium being promotional products, are really capable of moving the needle when it comes to messaging and communicating information to people who may not otherwise be uh, made aware of really important things that are going on in the marketplace, including the efforts of nonprofits. You know, COVID is striking a lot of fear into the nonprofit community because the majority of the income that they generate is derived from events, which we all know because of COVID has really put the kibosh on almost all of those. And nonprofits are scrambling right now trying to figure out ways to replace the funds that they traditionally had gotten through those in-person events. So having the opportunity to work with Nicole and the Livingston Diversity Council and the Pride Alliance Pride Alliance is really something that's basic and core to Social Good Promotions brand. It's on mission for us because even though we are a for-profit business, we actually have a nonprofit-focused mission. So this is an episode where we show an example of where we've taken the efforts of a nonprofit and turned our attention on ways to try to highlight those efforts and to bring in some additional funds for them so that they continue to do the good work that they're doing in their own community, which happens to be where I live and work here in Livingston County, Michigan. So I have 
firsthand witness to the great work that these folks are doing and the fact that Lynn Glover from Twin Visions Promotions was able to have a hand in the way that this whole thing went down was really a lot of fun and I was really happy that she was willing to pop in and say hi and meet Nicole as we were rolling out the specifics of the program. So I think this is really fun. My face is smiling. I'm hurting from ear to ear from all of the joy that uh, I was witness to in this interview. Give it a listen. So, so Lynn, thanks for coming on the show. You got Nicole, it. Nicole, thanks for coming on the show. We're going to get into what it is that Nicole and the Livingston Diversity Council and the Pride Alliance are doing. But before we get into that, I wanted to do a little origin story on these bracelets that we all are wearing, which are super awesome and are really kind of the basis of what we're going to be talking about, which, Lynn, this was your project from the get-go. So I wanted to give you a chance to tell Nicole kind of the origin story behind the whole bracelet itself. Thank you so much, Roger. And hi, Nicole. It's so nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Uh, you know, I've been in the promotion industry for a while, and uh, I always wanted to use my marketing business to do something good. Uh, you know, we can slap logos on any number of products, but when a product has a meaning behind it, um, people tend to keep it longer, and it's an ability to help, um, especially nonprofit organizations, raise some much-needed money for a really, really good cause. And, I mean, I see, so I saw all of these bracelets. Look at all the wristbands. I mean, I've got tons. This is just a handful <laughs> of ones. Um, and so I work with a lot of nonprofits, and I was like, you know, I have a really simple way for you to get your message across. It won't cost you much, and you can raise some money, and you can put it toward whatever cause you need. And then, uh, so I've been doing that, and uh, I formed an alliance with uh, uh, one of our industry suppliers who also ha is on a mission to help people tell their stories and share their stories. So I created a program called One Million Race Wristbands. Every band has a story. And after the Pulse shooting, I was so heartbroken by the violence and the hate in our country mm -hmm. that um, I wanted to do something for my own community that could bring awareness to the situation, to raise money for much-needed organizations, and for us to share our passion and our, and our hope for more peace and how brokenhearted we all were. So I created the wristband um, with all of the rainbow hearts, uh, with the red one with a broken heart, and and I shared them with I shared it on social media. I worked with HRC and some local organizations, uh, local LGBT organizations. It's actually the bracelet is in the Stonewall Library archives now, oh. and it's, yeah, it's just such a fun project, and it's so meaningful because um, you know it's a way to give back and it's a way to share messages. And I think for all those reasons, it's phenomenal. And so this was a couple of years ago. I mean, Pulse has been, I think, like five years ago now. Yeah. It's so great. Hard to believe, right? And so, yeah, I was, Roger reached out during this whole pandemic and like, how you doing? How, what's, how it's going? He goes, I've got my bracelet on. Any chance I could just get a couple more? And I said, how about I send you a bunch more? You can give them to a local organization and help them raise money for whatever program they want to raise money for. So, yeah, I, I'm really happy to be a part of your project and uh, would love to hear how that goes and keep me posted on all that good stuff. Awesome. Well, do. Yay. Isn't that neat? And Lynn and I found one another through the organization for which Lynn is proudly promoting as Promo Cares. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, I'd spoken to you, Nicole, a little bit about sort of how Promo Cares was the impetus for social good promotions. And, you know, we've really rallied around this notion of being a hashtag goodness warrior. Mm -hmm. 
keep it in our branding. And the, the idea of this is if you believe that standing up for good is important, then you would definitely identify with the concept of being a goodness warrior. And so what we were trying to do was to create a vehicle that would allow people the opportunity to demonstrate their willingness to show that they believe in this notion of standing up for good. So because of our relationship within the promotional marketing industry, we were able then to collaborate and come up with an opportunity to do something like this on behalf of your organization. But the Goodness Warrior moniker in and of itself really is meant to serve multiple purposes for many nonprofits within mm -hmm. our marketplace. So if you, Mr. or Mrs. Listener out there, believe in the idea of standing up for goodness, then you're going to love, 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 love what this is all about. So, Lynn, I just wanted to thank you so much for coming on and giving us a little bit of the backstory because there really is a human connection here. And I don't suspect that we're going to run into as much cynicism as otherwise we may, but the idea of knowing what it was that was the impetus that created this opportunity for us to have ultimately something that we're going to sell and try mm -hmm. to create money on behalf of um, the Diversity Council and the Pride Alliance. But this isn't something we just dreamt up yesterday. This is you know, right. a program that we've had in one way, shape or form now going on almost three years. And Lynn, you were a really early part of that. So yeah. thank you, thank you, thank you so much for your willingness yeah. to participate here. It means the world to us for sure. Thank you so much, Roger, for having the passion to, to use uh, these products, these promotional products for something bigger and something greater and for the whole good. And Nicole, kudos to you for creating a program where you can spread the message. Um, uh, yeah, I'm really excited to be a part of it. And, uh, and I'll see you guys soon. Wasn't that fun? That's really fun. I love the surprise. When we talk about um, being successful at marketing, you know, there's really two ways to approach this dilemma. One is through data. And people, you know, when it comes to a nonprofit, one of the big things that people want to know is how much of the dollar that I donate to you actually goes to the cause and how much of mm -hmm. it spent on things that are administrative. So um, right. by, by having the data available to the uh, potential donor, you know, you're showing that you're being a good steward of their resources and that the dollars that they're giving you are actually doing something in the community. But then there's the other side of it, and it's the story. Mm -hmm. And this is really what I wanted to make sure that as a part of what you and I are working on in this Goodness Warrior project, that we talk a little bit about the story behind the Diversity Council and how the Pride Alliance became what it is today, so that okay. the people that are out there considering this as both a business strategy for businesses that are listening to say like, how do I get involved in a nonprofit in a meaningful kind of way? This is a great example of something that's relatively easy to do, relatively inexpensive, but it also shows the ways that businesses and nonprofits can work together to the success of both. But then more importantly, it really is the story about the work that you as a nonprofit does that I think is important to see the light of day. So, so talk a little bit about the background, kind of your origin story when it comes to these two organizations and how they got started. Sure, absolutely. So, um, so the Diversity Council has actually been around um, in Livingston County, serving Livingston County since 1987. And I think a lot of people are really surprised by that when they hear, like a lot of times they'll say, 
um, gosh, I didn't know he even had a diversity council. And I'm like, you'd be surprised that not only was it just created like two years ago, but it was created like 32 years ago, right? Um, that it's just, it's it's really crazy how how quickly time has, fly, has flown by. Um, I was not in the original um, implementation of the diversity council because I was super little then because I'm not <laughs> that old yet. But uh, I joined the council in 2010 because I grew up in Livingston County and um, not seeing a whole lot of diversity, um, not being witness to a whole lot of diversity, and then leaving, going away to college, coming back home to the community that I loved growing up in. Um, and I never felt, there never was any hatred or anything like that, um, but there just wasn't, a, there wasn't experience. There wasn't um, exposure to anything. And so coming back to the community, I felt like that was a piece that was missing from this community that I love so much, um, was just those opportunities to meet people. And as I got into adulthood and, and um, having children and, and raising children in Livingston County, um, again, kind of concerned with not having that exposure to other people, um, to different experiences, to people that, that could teach them things that just because of the way that they were raised and, and to create this kind of global community for my kids. Um, and so that was why I joined the council and um, spoke up at a meeting, ended up having to host an event within a, a couple of months. And then I became the president the next year. And I'm not really quite sure how that ever happened. Um, but I but I truly believe that, that we're placed on this earth to do specific things. And, and this is the thing that I'm placed on this earth to do. With the Diversity Council, the, the goal is, is education, is unity, is having conversations. We don't have to agree on everything. And I think that's, that's what I love about the council is um, we love differences. We celebrate differences. Um, we're better because of differences and the experiences that we bring to the table and that we bring to you know, the community that when we work together but we also have to understand those differences to a certain point. And that's where I think we, we struggle with those lack of experiences. And so the goal of the council has always been kind of awareness and education and just bringing folks together to have honest conversation, to be courageous and be vulnerable at the same time, which sucks. And we're horrible at that. Like we're horrible people at that, right? Nobody wants to put themselves in a vulnerable position, um, we all like to know the things before we're supposed to know them. And that's really difficult for most people. But, um, but hopefully the, the goal of the council is to, is to help people have those experiences so that they don't walk into something completely unknowing. And then Pride Alliance uh, actually started out of, um, again, really organically. Um, there was a couple of us that got together and said, you know, as, as nonprofit organizations, as people that work in Livingston County, we found that we were working with families who um, were made up of folks from the LGBTQ community. And, and, and we really struggled with finding them specific resources. And so we kind of decided that maybe we had a, a brainstorming session and said, who, who knows what services are out there? What, what's here? What's missing? amazing group of people, 52 people got together and said, wow, there's actually, there's a lot of services that we're not aware of because people are afraid to promote the services for fear of retaliation 
or fear of just lack of understanding. Um, and so we, we decided we were going to get together for a work group for a year and just kind of talk about this stuff and figure out how we can best support the community. Um, after about five months, we determined that it needed to be bigger than that, that it wasn't a year long project. Um, and that truly where we struggled was seeing signs. And I think this is true of Pride Alliance and the efforts as well as the ones with the diversity council is signs of acceptance, signs of unity. The goal was to, to really start to look at visible signs of support, um, where they're going to feel, where people are going to feel welcome, where people are going to feel that they can have good conversations. Because so we were having those conversations, but it can't just be in a vacuum and these little pods of things that we do as an, as an event or as a, an educational opportunity that, that the community needs to feel educated and supportive. Boy, talk about a very dynamic society and a lot of things that are going on currently that overlap and sort of bump up against these notions. So in the 10 years that you've been in this role, weigh weigh out those 10 years for me from uh, what have you seen? What do you think the appetite is of our community at this moment, given the current circumstances and maybe how that is the same or different as it has been historically? Right, right. Yeah, and I think, you know, the the energy behind the Diversity Council um, over my 10 years has, has kind of ebbed and flowed. Um, many of us, because we're a nonprofit board of directors with no paid staff, everybody's either retired or, or just busy people, right? The people that do committee work are typically people that do lots of committee work. And, and we find that very much to be true with our board. Um, so I think with everything, it's kind of ebbed and flowed, um, in response to things that have been happening, but I will also say, and these are conversations that I've had over the past couple of months since, you know, mid-May or so when, um, the cry for racial injustice and addressing racial equity started with George Floyd, we've had those spurts of things. Um, We've had response of things. Um, And we see that nationwide too. Back in 2015, uh, the Ferguson shooting of Michael Brown, right? There was a lot of response to that nationwide and talking about excessive use of force by police and and things, But, but it all kind of petered out. And this time feels different. And I've said that kind of throughout this point, it, it feels different and it feels, it feels different, but it also feels really good because it feels like the energy that we have behind the Pride Alliance right. um, of just, this is, it's, it's a, a renewed energy. It's a renewed faith in our community and our community's capacity to do something and our community's capacity to make change. And with Uh, the coronavirus pandemic and all of the decisions that need to be made and and organizations are are trying to figure out how to operate. We thought, again, this would kind of take a backseat to that, that maybe, you know, schools needed to focus on getting kids back to school safely. And certainly they are, but the schools are still having these conversations about the importance of race and and equity work too. Um, And so it it fills me with such a great energy and, and hope for the things that, again, we can do together. Sure as heck, in the last six months, the energy has gotten just crazy levels. And, and so now we're more than ever, I think, looking for ways to sustain the things that we want to do, the, to, yeah. to sustain this energy. And, and I think as long as, as organizations like the Pride Alliance and like the Diversity Council can, can maintain the energy, 
we can we can help that that energy stay within our community as well. Um, that's it's there as long as there's things for them to do. Right. Right. And you have to have people and funding to continue to do the things. <laughs> so I think that's that is where we're at, and the timing of this couldn't be better to really talking about sustainability because you can absolutely sustain and we have sustained for over 30 years with, with no funding. I mean, it's, it's, it's membership based. The Livingston University Council is a membership based organization. We don't really take in any large grants. If we have had grants, they've been very event specific. This comes at a time when, when funding might be a really critical piece to keep things moving. This is really, so there's the creation of momentum there's the sustaining sustaining of momentum, and then there's the push. And right. in many ways, I feel like not just for your organization, but the not for-profit, non-profit marriage, the momentum is getting into the push now. Mm-hmm. And what we're starting mm-hmm. to realize is that for-profit organizations are looking around at this new COVID landscape and saying, how do we stand out? How will we present ourselves in a way that if dollars are scarce from consumers, we better have a story behind why our brand exists that would be something that would be attractive to a potential consumer. So by creating these bridges between for-profits and non-profits, what we're really allowing ourselves to do as business owners is to show what we care about. And in my time doing consulting work and even you know in, in my sales career, what I found is when organizations are in alignment with what they really care about, they have this tendency to outperform the marketplace. Mm. And so by creating opportunities for businesses like my own to then work with nonprofits like yours, what we're trying to do is show other for-profit organizations the way that they can actually not just think about doing this, but actually come up with ways to go out and actually get it done. And so that's why this program is so exciting to me because it's a marriage of, you know, there's something you can buy and there's money that's going to go and that's going to have a ripple effect in the community. And we're going to be able to point to the effect and say like, hey, this is what the sale of these bracelets was able to do. So before I get all ahead of myself about what this is really all about, I should probably explain the program so that people can understand. So what Lynn did was she created these bracelets. You have yours on. I have mine. And what's really cool, so they say more love, less hate on the one Mm -hmm. side. And then they have all of the hearts. So what we're really saying is that everyone is welcome, including the broken heart. And Lynn touched on that. But that's what is so poignant to me is, you know, it doesn't matter what circumstance you're in. We are supporting everyone in their efforts and trying to... um, be a big top and a big tent for people to to feel comfortable and safe. And so what we've done now is there are, there were 100 of these bracelets available for sale. And now I think we have something less than 100, but today represents the kickoff of the program of the sale of these, however many bracelets are left at $20 a piece. And what Mm -hmm. we've been able to do between social good promotions and Lynn's company, twin visions promotions, we covered the cost of the entire bracelet the shipping, the whole nine yards. So you're going to be able to go out to uh, socialgoodpromotions.commonskew.com and you'll be able to look for the more love, less hate 
bracelet. There are other products in there that benefit other local nonprofits, but this one specifically is earmarked just for uh, the Pride Alliance and the Livingston Diversity Council. So when you buy these, 100% of that $20 is going to go to uh, this worthy nonprofit and we're going to raise $2,000 in the process. So let's talk a little bit about, Nicole, what, what will happen with the $2,000 when and if that day comes and what people can expect as a result of them having this outward uh, representation of their support of these organizations. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, so we're super excited. Um, and I think especially with, um, with the way that our, our world has been forced to go under the pandemic, right? Money can be stretched a little bit more. Um, and so, uh, so, but, you know, as I, as I said in the beginning, the goal of the Diversity Council and, and what continued with Pride Alliance is education and awareness. And so, um, so the bracelets will, I think that the beauty of this is that like the wearing of the bracelets, um, the purchase of the bracelets, the wearing of the bracelets, the promotion of the bracelets, helps to further that cause in and of itself, right? Is that when you're wearing bracelets, um, people look at it. When you're wearing t-shirts that have a message, people look at it. And and most don't necessarily say anything. And I think right now, especially with masking, right? People aren't necessarily saying things. But I ran into a guy last night at the grocery store and he had a sweatshirt on that said, I am greater than racism. And I was like, and I caught, I caught it out of the corner of my eye and I thought, wow, that's a cool sweatshirt. Um, and I, I went back and forth on whether I should say something. And finally I said, I need to say something. And I, I said, so I really like your sweatshirt. Can you tell me the story behind it? And so we had this great conversation. And so I think that, I mean, just like that, it's, it's the bracelets that, that cause that, that visual acceptance. And, and really specifically for Pride Alliance, that's the goal of that group was to create this visible acceptance in our community. Not to say that there wasn't acceptance or to say that, that we needed to be better. I mean, I think all communities can be better. Um, but I think that uh, it's important for somebody who's represented in a minority population or a marginalized population to know where their support is, to be able to identify where their support is. And so if we can create these visible signs, um, we have our all are welcome clings that we, that we distribute to local nonprofits here to create that visible space that people are welcome. And so if we have that and somebody's wearing the bracelet, it's another sign that I'm supportive of that. Um, so the sale of the bracelets will then go to further educate and, and create these awareness campaigns within the community as well. So we are, um, we're concurrently planning um, an event for scheduled for October 11th, which is National Coming Out Day. Um, the original plan was to be in a movie theater. I'm kind of sure that with social distancing that we may not be able to be in a movie theater. Probably um, So... Right. So, so as everybody else has been doing, we are concurrently planning for if we can't do that, what else can we do? Right. And so we've talked about drive-in movie. We've talked about doing some Netflix watch parties, but just again, a way to engage people in some conversation. And, but all of those things 
you know, whatever one they're choosing or whatever one we're, we're forced to choose, all of those things will cost money. Sure. And so the sale of the bracelets will help to further that education and that engagement in the community by able, by being able to support these events, um, gathering people together, um, talking about, again, creating some other visible supports like um, Facebook profiles or profile badges on social media. So again, people can see who are the safe people that I can talk to and, um, and, and express my concerns to, or to say, you know, I, I work for a local nonprofit organization in my, in my paid position that supports victims and survivors of domestic and sexual violence. And that's always been a concern for survivors who are also members of the LGBTQ community of, can I go to an agency that, um, that addresses domestic and sexual violence? Will they understand my story because it's different? Will yeah. they understand how it impacted me and how maybe the system impacted me differently because I have a partner who is the same gender as I am or because I identify as a gender other than the gender that I was assigned at birth. Right. And, um, and that creates even more complications for folks. And so the more visibility, the more awareness and the more um, education that we can get around it, the better. Uh, the other piece that this will go to provide is we're putting together some scaffolded resources to be able to share with our community on education, um, some training uh, training components that we can share out with local nonprofits as well as businesses to understand a little bit more about terminology and and how words really matter. Um, so really talking about um, implicit bias and microaggressions. And so uh, the money will be used to start pulling together those resources for our local community as well. That's so good. And it's the, the momentum, the ability to take the contributions that you're able to source from the community and turn right back around and put those resources right back into the places that those resources are coming from. And then the second part to me that I think is really important for us to stress, and of course, I'm going to say this because of the medium that I trade in, but the use of promotional marketing items. Mm -hmm. And forget, the, forget our bracelet. The fact that you encountered someone with a sweatshirt on that was willing to convey a message that maybe is somewhat controversial, but that person clearly felt the courage to be able to say in a very outward way, because the imprint area on a sweatshirt is far larger than this little bracelet. <laughs> right. So I'm putting it even more so out there when I put it on my chest to say that I believe that this is wrong. You know, thanks to that guy, you're a goodness warrior for sure. So mm -hmm. by creating these additional ways to use the smart use of promotional products to help build that momentum, especially for nonprofits, it's a great subtle way in the bracelet to be able to communicate that what you stand for and what we find oftentimes is what you described in the supermarket happens all the time. So when I have my box with me or it's on my laptop, I'll oftentimes in a coffee shop, someone will say to me like, what is a goodness warrior? What does that mean? Mm -hmm. And that's really the objective of the, of the item is to spur that conversation because maybe I as an individual and that person who didn't necessarily see that would have never had that conversation had I not been willing to demonstrate my willingness to be approached about this topic by doing it in an outward way. 
So what I love is this is in a lot of ways, it's kind of like a little miniature case study on the effectiveness of my marketing medium as in compared to where maybe a nonprofit might spend some money somewhere else. And Mm -hmm. what you and I both know, Nicole, is what I told you when we first met one another is my understanding of the fact that most nonprofits don't have a lot of money to spend on marketing and don't really know what to do with it, even if they do get it. Right. By having the opportunity to allow me to help explain and show the way that you can do this. And then God bless Lynn for giving us these for free so that there's not even any cost involved in the exercise. It's just a great opportunity for all of us to see how this can work. And then what I'd love to see happen and, and you know, what we're going to try to help make be the case is as people buy these bracelets, what we really want them to do is to start populating their own social media feeds mm-hmm. with things like goodness warrior hashtags and the diversity councils, um, uh, tagging the diversity council and the pride Alliance in their photos so that we can build in addition to the in-person momentum that we're hoping that we'll be able to build by result of this, the social media momentum that we may be able to generate as well. So I'm going to work with you guys to try to make that uh, be a reality, but um, how might people who hear this interview that are supporters of your organization, where else are they going to hear about this so that if they want to go learn more about what's going on, where would you direct them to? So starting this afternoon, the information will be on the Livingston Diversity Council's website, which is livingstondiversitycouncil.com. So, or I'm sorry, livingstondiversity.com or livingstondiversity.org. Um, and Pride Alliance does not have its own website because it's a part of our organization. So there is a page about Pride Alliance on our, on our website in case you want more information. Um, but also we have social media presence through Facebook as well as uh Instagram. So both Pride Alliance and Living University Council have both Facebook and Instagram pages. Um, and then we're also sending out information uh, via press release to some of our local media uh, this afternoon as well to uh, to the Social Good Promotions uh, website where the, the e-commerce site where people can purchase the, the bracelets. And I have to say, when I started this project um, with you guys, I said, okay, well, I need to do it first because I need, well, one, because I wanted to have the bracelet first. Um, but, but more importantly, I wanted to know how the process worked because there are folks who are still a little weird about buying things online and they want to know before they do it what that process looks like. And I have to say, I'm so impressed with the way that your site is set up, with the responsiveness of your staff uh, to get the things, uh, to get the, to, clarify anything with orders and get the information out there so uh it really truly was uh, a good experience in purchasing the product too awesome you buried a little testimonial in the interview that's fantastic so thank you thank you thank you for giving us this opportunity to work with you and i'm so excited to see what happens and then to get a chance to see kind of what happens with the funds as we generate them and what that turns into going forward so absolutely thank you so much again and i cannot wait to see what happens I'm really grateful to Nicole for her kind words about what we're doing. And it's really interesting to hear her testimonials about the ways 
that promotional marketing items are able to communicate a message that she recognizes when she sees it out on the street, in the grocery store, at the gas station, and all those sorts of things. It was really interesting to get someone's perspective from the outside looking in. And while we certainly all believe in the power of the promotional marketing medium as an advertising strategy, it's always nice to know and see positive reinforcement from the outside world. So there you have it. If you'd like to, we're going to include the link to the store so that you can go buy your more love, less hate bracelet on behalf of the Livingston Diversity Council and the Pride Alliance. And you please, if this is the first time you're interacting with the podcast, if you could like it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, and if there's a way that you would be willing to see yourself clear to writing us a review, if we can get to 50 five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts, it will open up a whole new lane of opportunity for us to continue to bring resources and new ideas to the show. So please, if you feel inclined to do that, please do, and we look forward to our next episode in two weeks.